And to think you guys thought this was the end of Deke's solo experience. What's up, guys? Welcome. I would say back. But I don't know if many of you are aware that we even used to have a fantasy football podcast. Um, we did one back at the beginning of Thoughts from the Bench. It was a no-brainer. I am... Uh, the fantasy guy. I mean, I got trophies. I got rings. I know how fantasy football is. I know how fantasy football operates, and it is a great love of mine. But the one thing I want to do is share that knowledge with the world. doesn't make a lot of sense for me to keep my big brain to myself. So here is the Thoughts from the Bench fantasy football podcast. What I'd like to do with this show is make this more of my solo endeavor. I don't really have anything that I do by myself. We have two beers deep. We have the Idiot Hour. We have thoughts from the movies. We have a new show coming on Tuesdays. So why not a new podcast? Fantasy football is, in my mind, the perfect way for football fans to not just prove their knowledge but to prove they're better than their friends. And is there really anything better than just being better than your friends and your loved ones? I don't, I don't ever condone people jumping in and joining a random fantasy league. It just doesn't seem fun for me to play against people that you don't know. What I do condone, though, is making people you love that may not be in a league join a league. That's fun. Family leagues, oh, sign me up. Nothing is better than a family league because guess what? That just makes Thanksgiving Day all the better. Other leagues that are fun, the Office League, continuously getting to crap on the person two cubicles over because they took the guy that was on IR all season long during the draft. Makes me pretty happy. Uh, you can call me a sick person, but, uh, you know, I find it fairly enjoyable. Uh, the point of this podcast, though, guys, is just to talk fantasy football. I want to get some people on this year. I'm going to probably produce a couple episodes a week. Nothing crazy. These are not going to be long. They're going to be very topic-specific. One thing that I found that we do with Two Beers Deep is that we are very broad in our topics, which leads a lot... Uh, for you guys, the viewers, to engage with. And I, I love that. I enjoy the interaction. This one, though, this one's me, baby. This one is me. So the very first episode, because, you know, I had bounced around. I had recorded a couple episodes about what to do in your draft. I had done some things here and there. But I don't want to help you with your draft. Here's why. Because I already have a million people texting me, asking them to help them with a the draft, and it just felt annoying. No. A combination of that, a combination with the draft is fun. The draft is relaxing. I hate pressuring people during the draft. A lot of people did ask for help, which was a lot of fun for me personally. But I think the draft should be something you do on your own. Now, we did come out with our rankings, which I'm not going to do a whole podcast of because that's just the most boring thing of all time. 
But I do want to touch base on the first topic I will be discussing in the TFTB Fantasy Show, and that is football is back. Thank God football is back. And it starts tomorrow with the reigning Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs against the now DeAndre Hopkins-less Houston Texans in a game that, for me personally, probably, I would say, maybe the best way to start the season. I mean, not even stumbling for words. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a better way to describe it, but you're telling me that we have two of the best young quarterbacks that are electric, electric, going up against one another to bring the season back. Man, do I love it. The matchup for me personally, I have it as a pretty high-scoring game, to be honest with you. I love both of these teams uh, for a variety of reasons. Let's start with the Texans depth chart. If you were a person that was lucky enough to grab Deshaun Watson in your draft, you should be happy. No matter what happens around him, Deshaun Watson will always be a premier fantasy football quarterback for a couple of reasons. One, leadership. When it comes to fantasy quarterbacks, a lot of you will obviously, and rightfully so, bring up Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray this year, and definitely Deshaun Watson. The leadership ability that these guys bring to the table is something that their teams just genuinely trust them no matter what the situation is. That means for me that the Houston Texans offensive line, which, you know, isn't bad. You have arguably the best left tackle in football, which is Laramie Tunzel. You know, Titus Howard is very good. You bring in Nick Martin. I enjoy the line. But the leadership aspect is so underappreciated for fantasy football because if you think back to an offense that was primed for success for fantasy for years, it was the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. One of the more enticing clips I ever saw about Aaron Rodgers was that his line didn't block like a normal line. I'm from Pittsburgh. I know what a good offensive line is. And their line was, by the books, not a good offensive line. Reason being, they knew what their quarterback was going to do. They knew Aaron Rodgers was going to dance around the pocket to try to extend the play. That is a leadership quality that Deshaun Watson as well has. Despite this line being pretty good, Deshaun Watson can bounce around that pocket. He's Mr. Magician Magic back there, which is a term that can be used for probably a couple of quarterbacks in this league. But Deshaun Watson is a stud. You play him no matter what each week. I don't think there's a matchup that is Deshaun Watson proof, so he is an absolute start for me against a Kansas City Chiefs defense that is better but not quite great. We then get over to the running back room for the Texans. You look at a guy like David Johnson, who is far removed from an actual thought of 1,000 yards rushing and receiving, which someone told me last year was going to be the year he did it, to which I said Christian McCaffrey was going to be the guy, to which they laughed, to which I said you're stupid. I like David Johnson a lot. I don't believe he's injury prone, as some people say, which is a big contention for me. Injury prone does not mean they broke their arm and out for the season, and just because you're mad at them, they're injury prone. Another guy that has the term injury prone strapped to his forehead, as it seems, is Keenan Allen, who, if you remember, had a knee injury and a lacerated kidney. 
I don't count myself as a doctor, but I'm fairly certain a lacerated kidney is not a reoccurring injury. David Johnson isn't the premier back he once was. What he is, arguably the best running back the Texans have had since Arian Foster. Lamar Miller was there. Tried his best. Meh. Never really panned out. I made a bet in a fantasy league that Lamar Miller on the Texans would not do as well as Zeke in his first year, and that was one of my favorite meals I ever earned. I just never liked the Texans' running game. Never enticed me. Never was something I was super excited about. It just didn't make sense. They've had their fair share of guys that were promising over the years. Carlos Hyde had a little bit of upside. Everyone thought Dante Foreman was going to be the next great thing out of Texas. Poor old Alfred Blue was there for a little bit. And, of course, Duke Johnson, who's still there. The running back room for me is interesting for that reason alone. David Johnson is known for his catching out of the back ability, which made him arguably the number one over pick a few years ago in fantasy football. Duke Johnson's only ability on this team is to catch. One of the reasons that this season is going to be extremely weird for everybody is simply because we haven't had a preseason. We have almost nothing to go on for how any of these teams are going to pan out with new coaches or new free agents. David Johnson is a good football player. David Johnson is someone I would at least feel comfortable starting if I need to come Thursday night. Duke Johnson, however, I'm not starting. And if you have a team that needs to start Duke Johnson, you are either in a 16-team league or you auto-drafted and took a bunch of defenses. Moving on to the wide receiver core for the Houston Texans, I was more optimistic for this team before today. Will Fuller is a premier talent. Will Fuller last year proved in a two-game span that he was one of, if not the best, boomer bust option in fantasy football. Right next to him, another boomer bust option in Kenny Stills, who has been bounced around the league multiple times and has had great stints in New Orleans and Miami. Next to them is another guy that, although boomer bust might not be the correct terminology, is kind of boomer bust in Brandon Cooks. Now, his bust comes a little bit more in the form of concussions than inaccuracy when it comes to running routes and catching the ball, as he, three of his last four years, have been a thousand yards seasons. Spent time in the Saints, spent time in New Orleans, spent time in the Rams offense. He is, in my opinion, the best receiver on this team. That being said, Brandon Cooks is now limited because of a quad injury, soft tissue. I'm not playing him. I have Brandon Cooks stocks in a few league. Have him in a dynasty league, drafted him here and there. I think Brandon Cooks will be the number one receiver for the Houston Texans this season. But just because of barring the injury, I, I just can't feel comfortable playing him unless, again, you have to. If you have other receivers, I would maybe try them over Cooks. For a couple reasons. One, obviously the injury. Two, new offense, new system. And three, it's the first game back during a global pandemic. 
not everything is going to go correctly. Looking at the Texans' tight end room, nothing here makes me excited. Darren Fells and Jordan Atkins both have battled over the year to maintain some relevancy when it comes to fantasy football, but Deshaun Watson is not a tight end dominant quarterback. He doesn't really need that safety blanket because time and time again, his safety blanket is his ability to move around the pocket. For me, Watson is a must start. David Johnson is a pretty safe start. Will Fuller, I would say, is a pretty safe start. And watch Brandon Cooks up to game time. One thing that you should be worried about if you are a Houston Texans football player, owner for fantasy, is that this Chiefs defense is much better than past iterations of the Chiefs defense has been. Chris Jones is an absolute terror. Frank Clark is lighting the world on fire. You bring in guys like the Honey Badger and Sorensen, not to mention Warren Thornhill. I like this defense a lot. It's a tough front seven. I don't think David Johnson has a complete field day, but you start your studs. Again, it's going to be a weird season, guys. There was a global pandemic. I don't know what that exactly means for teams in their playbook, but I'm using Thursday as the catalyst to understand how the rest of the season is going to go, basically. Let's transition over to the NFL reigning Super Bowl champion that is the powerhouse soon-to-be dynasty, Kansas City Chiefs. If you took Patrick Mahomes in fantasy, God bless your soul. Because that means in one of the first two rounds, you took a quarterback, which, hey, you took the best. Or number two. But the divide between the number one and two quarterback and the number 10 or 11 quarterback is not enough for me to warrant drafting Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. That being said, this dude is a stud. He's an absolute start. He's always a start. When you consider the Houston Texans defense, it's just solid with J.J. Watt, a world-renowned talent. Whitney Merciless, one of the better linebackers in the league. And some guys in the secondary. Like Justin Reed, Vernon Hargraves at third. You know, okay, guys. Mahomes is going to light this team up. Just plain and simple. Dude has one of the best arms. I'll say it. One of the best arms we've ever seen. He's trying behind the back passes, which is a little excessive. I don't really know if it's ever going to make it into a game. I would like to see maybe they... Uh, throw a fake screen to the right, and then Mahomes whips it without looking behind his back to the left. Yeah, but we'll see. Mahomes is an absolute must-start. Do not kid yourself. The notable name for injury purposes on this team is Travis Kelsey, the number one or two tight end in football, depending on how much you love George Kittle. I still have Kelsey as one. When you're the number one tight end for five seasons, you've earned yourself that rating. But Kelsey did sit out with a little injury. For me personally, knowing who Travis Kelsey is, and no, I don't know Travis Kelsey personally. I just know him from my TV, and I speak for myself personally. I think he's going to light it up. I think that there is not a player 
on the Texans defense that can man mark Travis Kelsey. And you know what you do if you're a quarterback and it's been a short preseason and you don't quite know what you're going to do with the playbook. You go to your studs. Go to your security blanket over the middle. I love him. I love Kelsey this week. Probably too high for a daily buy, but I'm a big Travis Kelsey guy. Switching it over to the wide receivers, you play Tyreek Hill. You drafted Tyreek Hill in the first two rounds. You play Tyreek Hill. As for the like of Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, Mikkel Hardman, the only one that I might consider playing is Watkins. And when I say consider, that's a deep, deep play. I like Mikkel Hardman, but he's speed. He was drafted because we weren't sure what was going to happen with the Tyreek Hill situation. Demarcus Robinson falls in that same category. I don't hate it if you play Mikkel Hardman. I just kind of want to see the rest of your lineup because I don't think you did yourself any favors. Speaking about offensive lines, I like the Chiefs for the same reason I like the Texans. Eric Fisher, great tackle. Osemele, quality guard. Mitchell Schwartz, big man on the right. They even took you, sir, Durant, out of the draft. They have a deep line. I like it. Something that Mahomes will grow with. Another reason their line is important, rookie running back Clyde Edwards Hilaire from the best college football team. Yes, I said it. The best college football team we've ever seen, the LSU Tigers. I was surprised it was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I would have put money it was going to be DeAndre Swift out of Georgia as the number one running back taken for the Chiefs based on their PPR-friendly offense. It wasn't going to be Jonathan Taylor as much as I love that kid. He just can't catch as well as the other two can. What I will say that scares me for people playing Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this year is that he has been compared to Brian Westbrook for the Philadelphia Eagles when Andy Reid was their head coach. The last time the Kansas City Chiefs started the season off on a Monday night, I beat the drum for Kareem Hunt against the New England Patriots. And guess what happened? Kareem Hunt lit it up. Lit it up. There was no way in hell you're considering benching Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, especially based off the fact that almost all of you got him in the first round. Some of you, top six picks. I do like the running back room for the Kansas City Chiefs. Darrell Williams is solid. Darwin Thompson reminds me of what I thought Donnell Pumphrey was going to be, which is a promising, quick, PPR-friendly back. But it's C-E-H. It's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or bust, guys. Just that simple for me. After going through the matchups, the next thing I want to talk about, since I don't want to dive into this weekend, this podcast is going to drop an episode Monday, an episode Thursday, previewing both the Monday night and the Thursday night games. Then, on Sunday mornings, we will have the By the Wayside Fantasy Football Show, a video right now, maybe one day live, that I produce that drops Sunday mornings. Talk to you about the matchups that I love in each game, injuries to keep in mind, and matchups. Yeah, I know I said matchups before, but matchups 
on an individual level. What I want to do for the rest of this show is talk to you guys about some of the resources I use to stay up to date each week for fantasy football. I pride myself in being aware of what's going on in the NFL, but it's not because I'm listening to the teams, and it's not because I'm just scouring Twitter aimlessly to try to find the answers. I like being able to keep up to date on injuries. I enjoy trade talk for one reason and one reason alone. You cannot win your league at the draft, but you can lose your league at the draft is one of the sayings that I keep close to the chest. Another one, fantasy football success comes from the perfect combination of ability and opportunity. And do you know where you find fantasy football success? The waiver wire guys scour, search, take a chance on the waiver wire. But then you're asking, how do you know before that one guy in your league that always grabs a guy when the waiver opens? How do you know about injuries? How do you know about key matchups? How do you know who to start if you don't trust me? Which you'd be stupid not to. First and foremost, guys, just DM me. I love fantasy football. It's fun. It's relaxing. I've won a couple guys a few championships, and I'm very proud of that. I'm almost as proud, if not more, of helping the two to three guys each year. I know one is James. One is Greg. Brett's in that conversation. Helping certain guys win, and that's not. I'm not taking credit for that shit. It's fun. You need someone to bounce ideas off of. DM me. But let's start with my actual sources that I'm very open about to how to maintain success on the waiver wire. First one is on Twitter. Twitter.com slash MySportsUpdate. It is my favorite, my favorite Twitter account when it comes to sports. Now, obviously, I keep Adam Schefter's notifications on because I'm not a psychopath. He's the GOAT. Put the notifications on for my sports update. Reads NFL update. They give you everything you need to know. Tweeted four hours ago. The Jaguars expecting to sign former Bucks running back and special teams captain Dare Ogunbowale. I butchered that. Per Mike Garofalo. I do not follow Mike Garofalo. I don't want to follow Mike Garofalo. I don't follow. I got no intention of following Mike Garofalo. But I do follow my sports update. And you know what they do? They follow Mike Garofalo. It's just a transcribed area where all the news I need goes. Put the push notifications on. Yes, can they be annoying? Of course. Of course they can be annoying. You know it's super annoying as well? Losing again to your cousin Gary. You let me know which one's more annoying. Transitioning over, if you're more of an Instagram person, Pro Football Chase. Instagram.com slash Pro Football Chase. It is run by a gentleman named Isaac, and he does a tremendous job. Tremendous job of keeping up to date. Uh, sometimes Pro Football Chase will beat my sports update. Sometimes vice versa. Just to check it out right here, the D.A.R.E. news broke four hours ago on both platforms 
four hours, can't exactly see the minutes, on both platforms. A lot of the times I get the notifications very, very similarly. That tells me two things. One, these guys have even more free time on their hands than I do. And two, they follow the same correct sources. A lot of the times people will tell me that the things I tweet are incorrect or too early or wrong. But I don't just tweet things that I make up. I don't have sources on these teams. These are my sources. The third thing I suggest you do is get ESPN+. Plus. Follow Matthew Barry and Field Yates and Stefania Bell on the Fantasy Football Podcast. But the real reason you should get ESPN Plus is for Mike Clay's wide receiver cornerback matchups. Mike Clay is an ESPN writer. He's kind of a nerd. But in the good sense. He goes through the data about matchups you should love or hate between wide receivers and cornerbacks. He goes through the advantageous ones. And this will be the first podcast that I read them on and last. Because I don't want to just start giving out free things. One of the advantageous matchups here is the Packers, Devontae Adams versus the Vikings, Jeff Gladney, Mike Hughes, and Holton Hill. Although Minnesota did overhaul their cornerback room, none of them, none of them are as good as Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers' top option has been targeted at least eight times in each of his past five games against the Vikings. His receiving lines? Five catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. Five catches for 69. Nice. Yards and a touchdown. Eight catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. 13 catches for 116 yards. No tutty. And seven catches for 106. I understand it's the first week of NFL football. You're playing Devontae Adams. The other thing Mike Clay does is tell you bad matchups. Boo, bad matchups. Boo, tough matchups. The one I want to touch on first here, because what Mike Clay does do that I love, is he tells you if it's a shadow corner or if it's just the side of the field. But what I love here is the Cowboys' Amari Cooper, a guy that probably burnt a lot of you last year, is up again arguably, arguably, the number one cover corner on the face of the earth in Jalen Ramsey. Personally for me, I love Gallup and Lamb in this. I love Dak Prescott. I love Zeke, despite Aaron Donald. Don't love Cooper. Based on where you drafted Cooper, you may have to start him. And hey, that's okay. One week will not define Amari Cooper's stance in 2020 fantasy football books. It will, however... Hurt your team if you start Amari Cooper. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Because I'm not going to sit here and tell you to start DJ Chark and Jerry Judy or who else your other receivers are over Cooper. Cooper has immense talent. Cooper has the money. Cooper has the stock. He has the clout, the swag, the drip, the gang gang. Amari Cooper also has a big problem. That problem's name is Jalen Ramsey. Things like this are the definition of how to win or lose your league, guys. I think that the most important thing you can do is have fun with it. The more fun you have with fantasy football, the easier it is to maintain. 
the easier it is to maintain the more you pay attention. The more you pay attention, better your odds are to win. If opportunity plus ability equals fantasy football success, love, eh, maybe not love, enjoyment plus awareness equals your fantasy football success. Guys, that was today's podcast. Had a lot of fun doing it. Had a lot of fun for the research with it. I hope that you enjoyed it as well. Um, A lot of things are going to be changing with the show, but one thing I can guarantee you is that since I had fun doing it, I'm going to keep doing it. If you have any questions, find me. I love talking fantasy football. It's fun. I'm looking for nothing out of this podcast except to just do it, to just have fun with it. So many people have been texting me about their drafts, which every one of them did well. Haven't seen a team that I absolutely hate yet this year. I'm in six leagues, one keeper, one dynasty, four redrafts. All of them are fun. Thank you guys for listening. Next episode of the podcast will drop Monday morning for the Monday night game. But make sure you check out the video on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook. Maybe I'll make a tickety talk. Who knows? But I will start up the By the Wayside Fantasy Football Show again this Sunday. Thank you guys very much for listening. DM me with questions or concerns. Let's get you a trophy this year. I'm out. Hey, no, 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 no.